Ooh, we're like a long a fling. <laughs> we are recording. Okay. Oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to that kind of girl. The last potential of that kind of girl. The last where For we're now. all living in New York. Yes. yes. The last yes. of this era. Yes. Era, era. Era, era. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, say a catchphrase. Um, you got it. This is the podcast where we talk about all the things that nice girls are not supposed to say in polite conversation. There you go. You nailed Bam. it. Nailed you it. nailed it. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a minute. It's been a good It minute. has. Yeah. What has everyone been up to? I just got back uh, two days ago from touring in Denver and Austin, which is super fun. Yeah. I uh, got to catch up with some old friends from college who were all doing their thing, which was cool. And I got to perform at some venues, run my show, and I think I got my first recording for my live <gasps> comedy EP. Oh That's my amazing. god! Yeah, of the douchebag song. The yes, That's a yeah. good one. So That's um, good. I've been just trying to figure out the best way with this equipment actually to um, record live uh, songs on on the road pr- yeah. performances mm-hmm. and compile them all into like stuff that hasn't made it into death wish my hour and then mm-hmm. release that before edinburgh yeah that's good so Exciting. i think i got my teasing. first one so <gasps> it felt like a really productive trip okay yeah yeah that's so nice and what is austin like i've never been it's really cool. cool um i would say i dislike the amount of driving that we had to do but i think mm-hmm. that's because we were staying a little further north of the city mm-hmm. i okay. just don't like cities that like are less walkable but hey yeah. i live in new york so i'm spoiled <laughs> <laughs> it's so true yeah mm-hmm. were you but north of the university yes oh yeah. damn yeah that's a little out yeah but um it was super fun um i ate a lot of breakfast tacos okay um, yeah drank a lot of whiskey and what was really cool is that my good friend Melody, who I've written a lot of music with mm. in the past, who I went to college with, and like we've maintained this l- um, long distance working on music relationship from like when she lived in Berlin and I lived in England and then wow. back in New York and now That's she's amazing. in Austin. But uh, she's in Austin and I got to see her because they were doing this, um, basically this like um, self-guided walking tour of artist studios in her neighborhood. Cool. And one of the artists was an installation artist that hung all these streamers. So the entire block was just like filled with these beautiful, <sighs> brightly colored streamers. Oh my and there God. were all these people walking around. And then she and I set up this like living room performance. And so wow. we got to revive all these old songs we wrote together for like a bunch of her friends, plus people that were just walking through her boyfriend's photography exhibit in their house. That's amazing. That's it was really, so really, nice. really cool. And it was a, a lovely trip, but um, it's Life good to be good. back as well. We missed and you. To be back yeah, with you guys. I know. Yeah, we miss you so much. It really like I feel recently for you. It's been like a very condensed period where I'm gonna say from like maybe April on. It seems like you've been gone mm-hmm. so much. So con- that must be lot. so hard to maintain a sense of normality. It's mm-hmm. really difficult, and it gets to the point where like because I don't really know what's coming next. Yeah, like I. It's right. It's been since April, but to yeah. me in my head, it was just mm-hmm. like, oh, now I'm back in New York. Oh, wait, this thing popped <laughs> yeah, up yeah. and I have to leave again. It's like I get really into routine when I'm here. Yeah. Almost mm. like to the point where I'm like, I can't see you right now because, like, I told myself <laughs> I had to cook this dinner. Or yeah. <laughs> um, and then when I'm on the road, I go, like, balls to the wall crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Just drinking way <laughs> too much. So I, I'm trying to find a sense of balance that's like works for both. I yeah. yeah, I feel that because I feel like when I'm not 
drinking or going out, I'm like the most what's the word for it? Like wholesome, <laughs> like <laughs> getting so much sleep. Like mm-hmm. I don't wear makeup and like I cook do all my do meals. yoga. I do yoga. I, I do like really good, Zumba. <laughs> Zumba. <laughs> right in my diary. Like get into mm-hmm. bed in my like two set pajamas <laughs> and mm-hmm. like write in my diary. <laughs> but like water my plants. And then it's on like the a other wholesome bender. <laughs> exactly. I go on like a wholesome bender. <laughs> and like recently, because like I feel when it got to my birthday, I had just reached a break point where i was like i'm so fucking burnt out going mm. out isn't fun for me anymore because yeah. i'm so tired all the time mm-hmm. and that's no bad thing but it's like i was just like i felt like i was just constantly sick mm. around that period of time and i couldn't shake it yeah and so mm. recently because i was like i don't want to because i'm leaving new york i was like i don't want to waste the last of my time here mm-hmm. not enjoying myself so i've recently started a thing where just for at least three consecutive days i don't drink not a drop in a week in a week so like at least having like say if i go out twice in a week Mm -hmm. i'll have like at least three Mm -hmm. full days back to back where i just don't drink a drop that's great Mm. which is like in a way a lot easier said than done yeah do you know (laughs) because it's so easy to have like two days where you don't drink but then on the third day you're like you know mm-hmm. what i want a glass of wine <laughs> 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 like you know what i want to go up fucked up so true yeah and i had cool. to after my birthday i had to just do like a full seven days where i was like i can't drink anything <laughs> mm-hmm. i just need to sleep and like at one point i slept for like i think it was 18 hours Ooh. one wow. night oh yeah that's crazy like mm-hmm. even last night i slept for oh my god I slept from one in the morning or let's say one thirty, because that's when I got home mm-hmm. till 1140. Wow. So whatever that is. You look very rested. Yeah. That's 10 yeah. hours. Yeah, that's 10 hours. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel because before I came over here, I was on a massive bender because I was living mm-hmm. with my ex-boyfriend. We were doing a fuck ton of drugs, mm-hmm. drinking all the time. And then I moved over here and it's just been consistently <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. and now my body's like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> That was one of the nice things about being on the road is no other city lets you drink until 4 a.m. So even the nights when I was like, I'm going crazy, we'd like, two, and I'd be like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I guess this is done. Now. Oh, she yeah. What about you, Nikki? What yeah. have you been up to? Man, I feel like I've been getting in like the New York zone. I've been doing like so much crazy shit all the time. <laughs> and it's been really great. I actually drank for the first time in a while. Ooh. And it was great because I wasn't like dizzy and uncomfortable. It was like That's awesome. That's brilliant. So I worked this really interesting photography gig um for like a Thanksgiving feast. So <laughs> you like walk in I walked into this place and they're just like sets of naked people covered in like turkey and (laughs) seems right and there were like people surrounding each person eating and it was just like such i walked in and i was immediately very uncomfortable which was kind of surprising to me because i feel like generally i'm pretty open yeah comfortable but i was just immediately like what's going on um i also because i was the photographer Mm. so it felt kind of weird in terms of consent like taking pictures of mm. all the naked people. Mm. So I asked them, and there were some really cool photos, but... Um, I saw some, like, just from what you posted on your story. It looked yeah, really good. it was pretty insane. So, like, the requirement was you have to... You're not allowed to use your hands to eat the food. You have to use your mouth. Ah! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's like bobbing I, for apples, but I on was people. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not like, apples. This is kind of... Gr- I don't know. Yeah. I don't 
personally, I'm not aroused by turkey. I don't know about y'all, but like that doesn't surprise me at all that you were uncomfortable by it because I feel like mm-hmm. eating is the thing that you're most like not most tricky, but like you don't really like to do it in front of strangers. You mm-hmm. don't like to go on eating dates. You I obviously do have a weird eating have thing, an don't eating I? thing. I feel like I just have such a strong association between like netflix and chilling like the not sexy version and eating Mm -hmm. and i think it's like in my head way too ingrained that like oh when you eat you watch things which is like not healthy Mm. so i'm trying to work on like different like separating that but yeah i struggle with that too it's like if i've made a really good meal and i'm alone Mm -hmm. and i go into my room and watch something and then someone calls me yeah i really don't want to talk to them while i'm eating because it's like like this, this thing that I did thing. for myself. It's yeah. like my yeah. lunch break for myself. Same. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like if we had more time with this podcast, I'd be really interested to talk to people with food fetishes because yeah. mm. I've like w- I think at some point as teenagers we all like probably tried something out and like I remember <laughs> it didn't know, work. I remember did trying out work. whipped cream and being like, whipped cream and skin is <laughs> yeah. not a good combination. Yeah. <laughs> someone <laughs> does not taste good. I was talking about this last night and someone told me they tried that and the person was like, I'm lactose intolerant, I'm sorry. I'm just like, no. <laughs> 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 Fail. No. Oh my god. Um but related to that, I realized that we have haven't spoken since um fart dude oh my god <gasps> oh yeah. my god <laughs> so i'm working on an article i was in new orleans and i met this person who's like very very aroused by farts okay which <laughs> is fascinating so we like recorded this little is session this person everybody's boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> it's possible <laughs> but we were just like chilling by the mississippi talking about farts and it was just it was really great because i think it's one of those things that like in society there's mm. huge stigma around yeah and i don't oh think yeah. that's ever gonna change to be honest mm-hmm. like i feel like with certain fetishes we're yeah. becoming like more and more open but like i don't imagine people being chill with farts for a while but he's yeah. found a way to first of all like accept that this is something that he's into mm-hmm. and like he doesn't have any shame that's which amazing which i think is like so amazing and he's found outlets oh so wait, so he's aroused by people farting on him? On is him. what you said? Okay. So oh, it's like kay. sort of like a BDSM thing. So yeah. he's into like other, like feel it being like strangled and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Mm. But for him, it's something about like the juxtaposition of like a sexy, beautiful woman mm-hmm. and then like farting, which is sort of like the opposite of that. And I find that so interesting. And it makes sense though, because a lot of fetishes are born out of taboos. And yeah. farting is super taboo, especially for like being attractive as a woman. Mm. Definitely. And and I think one of the interesting things is like for him, it grew out of like a childhood trauma. Mm. That is interesting. I've been talking to like people at my work about like, how do you, if you have something that comes from trauma, how do you like explore it in a way that makes people feel like safe and comfortable? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like for example, situations where like, say you experience rape and you are strangled and then you're like aroused by being strangled. Mm -hmm. I had a friend whose partner had that happen and he was like, I'm just not comfortable strangling you because I know that it's sort of related to what's happened in your past. Mm -hmm. But like, she was like, this is actually like really hot for me. And like, does it really matter where it came from? Or like when you come from an abusive situation Mm -hmm. and then you like, like being like very submissive and having somebody talk to you mm-hmm. in a specific context within the bedroom that you would never want them to talk to you like yeah yeah outside exactly yeah it's, it's very like tricky it it's is very tricky. tricky and it's definitely like when you bring that up i think 
you're trying to show that person like, hey, I have so much trust and respect for yeah, you that yeah. I'm willing to share this with you and like maybe we can explore it. But I also stand, understand from the other person's point of view. It's like, absolutely like, hell not. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I have been thinking a lot about this recently. Like the, it, I think it's, I it came onto my horizon when my sister had a baby mm-hmm. and we were just like as a family <laughs> to support her baby we were just you know reading a lot about like transitions and things that happen in life and like a big thing that a lot of women after they have kids cite is that their partners just don't want to have sex with them anymore mm-hmm. yeah and they don't want to like fuck them because it's like their partners disassociate the part of their brain where it's like oh you're someone i want to have sex with mm-hmm. and suddenly it's like you're someone who's brought a baby into the world mm-hmm. and yeah. like how can i suck on your nipples when our child is sucking on your nipples mm-hmm. yeah do you know and it's totally. i've been thinking a lot about like the difference between like being a sex object and being s- a whole person mm-hmm. and i think for in my experience, for a lot of men, when you transcend from being a sex object to being somebody that they really love or they really value, it that can have like a negative effect on your sexual relationship mm-hmm. because they don't feel like they can like maybe like disassociate that part of their brain and be like, and now I'm going to kind of objectify you, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because I've heard a lot of stories of the opposite where like, mm-hmm. A man like s- watches his wife get pregnant and like is so attracted to this body that's like mm. growing something and yeah. like see like sees the baby sucking on the nipples and is like I want to do that. Me too. Yeah. And then the wife is like I'm very touched out. Please don't. Touch yeah, me. I have I've definitely heard, of, heard of the yeah. touched out thing, but I think that that's like the other end of the spectrum because I've also seen a lot with like pregnancy where like the women are like. I want to have sex. And the guys are like, what if it hurts the baby? Mm. What if it hurts? Is it going to hit the baby? No. You're like, no, that's not how bodies (laughs) work. (laughs) And it's interesting because it's like, I feel the the end of like women being like, don't touch me. I don't want to have sex, blah, 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 is very much explored. But the other end where it's like, no, I want to have sex. I want Mm -hmm. you to have sex with me. And the people are like, no, I can't because you've become something else to me isn't Mm -hmm. explored. And I think it's Mm. tied into the denial of women having sexual appetites Mm. do you know like so rarely you see on tv a a male a heterosexual couple where the woman has a higher sex drive than the man that is rare i do feel like it's starting to get explored yeah Mm -hmm. but it's like and i feel like it's also so common in relationships where yeah like i feel like it's sort of understood in society that like first the woman is the quote-unquote gatekeeper in like heterosexual <laughs> relationships <laughs> but then like once the gates get open <laughs> there's like this switch that happens in the relationship where like then it's just like the lady wants it all the time and the dude's like chill bitch i've never <laughs> heard of that before no i don't know no. that's like you know what chill <laughs> just chill it's like yeah it's i i find it just really interesting that part of it because it's like when you become into a certain kind of relationship, it's what, where, how do you disengage as a partner within an inherent level of objectivity? Mm-hmm. Do you know, like of, of not objectivity, but of you objectifying somebody? Yeah. Like that's really been on my mind a lot recently. Well, I just think a lot of men don't objectify women as much as like we necessarily think they do. Like, um, I think it's definitely like 
part of being built into like the fact that men are attracted more through their eyes and women mm-hmm. more through other senses and all that. But like, I th- do think that having been in like a lot of long-term relationships, like there is a point where there's just like a level of trust and respect where mm-hmm. like there is no objectification when it comes to sex and hopefully you get there before you have a kid with them. That's you the know? magic thing that I'm looking for. I've never <laughs> felt that. I've honestly never felt that. I feel like low level objectified by pretty much all men I come in contact mm. with. I have do you always not enjoy it? I mean, sometimes it's nice, but like sometimes it's like just a pain. Do you know? Yeah. Like today I had five different guys cat call me on my way to the shop, cool. which is a six minute walk from my house. Oh my god, that's the worst. That's There's you know? construction yeah. going on like right over there outside mm. my house. Oh yeah, and, I like, saw them. <laughs> the couple times that I've forgotten my headphones have been the worst. Where it's like, this is my house. Yeah, stop talking Safe to space. me. Exactly. Yeah. Like I went for dinner in the restaurant that I work in, and I love all the guys I work with. Mm. But like I was in normal clothes and I was dressed up because I was going for dinner. Yeah. And I went in and like just like the comments about what I was wearing mm-hmm. and like one guy being like, those pants make me want to go vegetarian. And I was like, I don't <laughs> know Wait, what that like means. Because you're vegetarian? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Kenny, I don't know if you understand what's your I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. But I was honestly like nervous about going in for a second mm-hmm. because I was like, Oh, like this puts, this posits me in a different way. Like when I'm in my smock and when I'm in normal work clothes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's fine. But when I look nice, do you know, it's something different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or like Mm -hmm. I went out for a drink on Sunday night and I was buying my drink. And then as I went to pay, this guy was like, oh yeah, don't worry, like baby, it's on my tab. And I was like, what? Like that's, I was like, that's, uh, I can't even say, no, you can't buy me a drink. Like you've done it now. Mm -hmm. You've just done it. Yeah. And I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's so tough to navigate too, because like if you try and flip the situation in your head, like say a male coworker comes in wearing like a tux or Mm -hmm. whatever, people are going to say something because it's just outside the norm Mm -hmm. and they are going to objectify him a bit to be like, hey, what are you so dressed up for? Look at you, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. But it just like somehow feels different. And if like a bartender was like, oh, don't worry, man, it's on me. I bought you Mm -hmm. your drinks. It's just like, we're cool buds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's so tough to navigate. I definitely had a lot of drinks bought for me over the course Mm -hmm. of this tour. And it happens a lot when you're a performer regardless yeah. of if you're a man or a woman but mm-hmm. sometimes you know like Sean and I try and make it like um he I think he it's very tough to navigate the fact that we're together and also performers and also mm-hmm. he's in a higher position yeah, right. than I am and so often we just like don't tell people that we're dating until huh. after we've both performed a couple times. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so that's always weird to navigate if like audience members are hitting on you or trying right. to buy you drinks it's like what how yeah. do we navigate What's the this? protocol? Mm-hmm. That's difficult. It's very odd. It is. It's, oh, I made a joke the other day with a coworker that then I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I, if you made that joke to me, I would be so like, what the fuck? Cause he was like, What's oh, I'm getting everyone presents. <laughs> and he was like <laughs> saying it in a really weird way. <laughs> and we have a good relationship. Like yeah. we get on really well. And he was like, I'm getting everyone presents, but I don't know if they're going to accept my presents. <laughs> like, but I'm getting them the presents. And I was like, Dude, is, is your present? Is it like, here's my dick? <laughs> and I thought that's where we were going because of yeah. the conversation. He was like, 
what? No. Candles. He's, he was like, it's weed. <laughs> I was like, oh, God. But then I, I went up to him afterwards and I was like, I am so sorry. I thought that's what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like, I'm so sorry. That was so like rude. And, and he was like, no, you're a good woman. Like, I took it in good faith that you weren't trying to offend yeah. me. Yeah. But like, if like <laughs> a guy in work had been like, I've been like, ha, ah, I'm getting everyone presents. And he was like, like are they your titties? You <laughs> 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 perfectly ties (laughs) into how to not be a shitty person which is the the, like main premise of this episode (laughs) it's like i think that like you realize that you have a level of rapport with someone Mm -hmm. you make a joke if in the back of your mind like you're like (laughs) just talk to them and be like hey i'm sorry if i overstepped a boundary like the amount of times uh, pat like when the me too movement kind of started that Mm -hmm. my male friends have been like hey if I've ever said something to make you uncomfortable or yeah. that like you think I should be wary with other people, other women that are like, don't have the same level of rapport, like, please tell me. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, you should have been more aware of it before. In the workplace. Yeah. But also yeah. like, that's how to not be a shitty person. And yeah. Like you're trying to like understand the world around you. You're trying to better your understanding mm-hmm. of like other people's perspectives and then you just ask and you communicate mm-hmm. or you apologize and it's like know? we're all gonna fuck up we're in a process yeah. of yeah. like cultural change and yeah. i think it's okay to fuck up as long as you're just thinking critically about it and if you think you fucked up you mm-hmm. say hey yo, yeah like yeah. did i fuck up there monroe bergdorf who is um sh- she's model and she's like an activist and she's mm-hmm. trans and stuff and she has a really good like kind of statement she made where she was like what are you saying like when you get angry at someone who's woke now who wasn't woke five years ago what do you mean by that like you want them to remain ignorant (laughs) you want them to still be like the ignorant like let's say hateful person they were five years ago are you born woke no one's born woke like Mm -hmm. accept people for the journey that they're on and try and aid them as much as you can while still maintaining a sense of self and looking after yourself very true and Mm -hmm. it's so true people being like oh oh you're into feminism now are you and it's like yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah, i'm just evolving (laughs) as a person yeah (laughs) Yeah. because i feel like our society is so messed up it makes sense that like you're gonna gonna be a process exactly you're gonna gonna fuck up a lot i feel like i fucked up a lot even listening to earlier episodes i'm like do you remember the std episode oh yeah i like yeah i just was saying some very ridiculous things even on our very first episode where we all said mommy in like kind of a spanish accent Mm -hmm. i was like ooh. Oh God, that's on. <laughs> like yeah. We recorded that. <laughs> I was like, there that's forever, there <laughs> forever. Um, Stamped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing though is like, I don't know. I've been watching like old videos of me performing in terms mm-hmm. of making the CP, and it's just mm-hmm. like just watching that growth or like listening to old episodes of us yeah. recorded. Like, it's gonna be worse. As generations go by, because oh, yeah. we're being recorded more and more <laughs> all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no I think mm. we just have to like have some level of understanding that people are growing. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. You can't ostracize someone that's like trying to get better. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like one of my favorite writers, she wrote a book, and in it, she like had this whole big piece about like, like. She she had kind of sided with girls, the show, and being like, 
no one asks why Abba's white. You know, why do we ask mm. why girls is white? And then like, and she also had a thing get, like where she talked about like being like, hey, girls, get off the pose. You're letting mm. us all down. And now mm. you can see because there was so much kind of controversy and people feel like I'm really disappointed in you saying that. Like you're mm-hmm. such a like a bastion of um, feminism and stuff. And you can mm-hmm. see her pro- her politics having Changing. progressed so see, that's, much that's really since cool. Really cool and way more inspiring than watching mm-hmm. someone just be right all the time. Seriously. Yeah. That's not is. relatable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. true. I like I've really been thinking a lot about so I, I'm not going to get into it out of respect for the person I dated, mm-hmm. but I dated a woman recently and it was honestly just such an eye opening experience in terms of a level of internalized misogyny mm-hmm. I have, mm. which I have never really had to contest mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, one of the big things was. I I was so much more aware of my actions because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I understand. I'm a woman, mm-hmm. and I understand that this person maybe might react in the same way that I would react, and they have mm-hmm. a full breath of a emo- like breath as in B R E A D T H, not breath like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just had to make sure, <laughs> like we're at full spectrum of emotions, mm-hmm. and that like their emotions probably run deep and stuff like that. And I was like, I want to be sure to respect them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm showing them much more consideration than I would show a man. Mm. And I'm much nicer to them than I would be to a man. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about it. And I'm like, there's obviously something inside of me that believes that men don't have a full range of emotions and that there's a part of them that I just can't hurt and I can Mm -hmm. say whatever I want to say and that'll be fine but in actual practice that's not the case Mm -hmm. I and looking being honest and like being reflective on my like relationship past I'm like no that's never been the case usually if I say something mean Mm -hmm. they would be like what ow that's like that hurts me maybe they mightn't say it like that but they'll bring Mm -hmm. it up again and again and it's Mm -hmm. like really Mm -hmm. interesting because i'm like oh it's interesting what i'm bringing into this from my own internalized misogyny Mm -hmm. but it's interesting Mm -hmm. the perspective that i'm having now on my previous relationships with men yeah Mm -hmm. do you know and about like just being honest with like how your actions and how you are and stuff and i was also like this is separate but i also have been thinking a lot about like women's expectations going into relationships and how they differ from men's expectations and a lot i think women are brought up to just want to be loved mm-hmm. and we're told all we need is love and relationships mm-hmm. and stuff and what that i think it like stirs up almost like a like a need inside of them to just get into a relationship mm-hmm. irrespective mm-hmm. of the actual connection you have with someone that it's better mm-hmm. to be in a shitty relationship than to be on your own mm-hmm. do you know yeah you see that time and time again with like women that don't get out settle. of abusive relationships mm-hmm. women or that settle for someone that's not the right partner mm-hmm. especially women that like feel like at a certain age that they need to be yeah, settled yeah pressure to make babies and there just doesn't seem to be as many examples of successful happy women that are like bachelor reps i guess because mm-hmm. yeah. like the older bachelor silver fox type is very common yeah mm-hmm. and accepted but exactly as a woman 
like the terms that we use like old spinster old oh maid my God. like they're terrible yeah i mean you so it shows like you yeah Mm-hmm. Shows like maybe you can be independent in your twenties, but like settle down at some point and yeah, find absolutely. that person. Absolutely, and have kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. you better have those. Have babies. you had your freeze your eggs thing show up on your Facebook yet? No, I no, recently. it's going to now. Though. Since it's I listening. turned twenty-eight, <laughs> it's been hitting me. Holy shit! Isn't that freeze crazy? Your eggs? Like I think my eggs are still solid. <laughs> <laughs> my eggs are fine, <laughs> but like that aspect of it, and I've been like talking to my friends about it, and they're like, I've done that before. But I like, I feel like, (laughs) no, 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 like, like settled for a relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I feel like it's such, there's such a big difference between men and women, just because it's like women are taught to seek out love, but men aren't really taught how to love us. Mm -hmm. And particularly Mm -hmm. when you're younger and particularly when you're in your twenties, there's going to be such a big difference between in a way, emotional development. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so you're getting into these relationships. I feel like that's why most women I know you are actually the exception, not the rule. Mm. We're in kind of just screwy relationships for most of their 20s and late teens. Yeah, I mean, I do think, I think there's a little bit of a gray area there because a lot of women are settling because they just want to find someone Mm. and a lot of people just don't know what they want. Yes. Mm. So it's not necessarily settling. It's just being like, this thing is here and I'll accept whatever because Mm -hmm. I like just don't even know myself enough to be like, I don't like that. And I think that's true of men as well Mm -hmm. in 20s. And I feel like we're just not very good at, or at least I'm not very good at breaking up. So I feel like I never settled in terms of like who I've fell in love with and Mm. been with. But the problem is, like, a lot of people don't know when it's like, this is now more bad than good. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's like, this is the tipping point. It's funny being, I mean, I'm not going to get too into it, but like, being on the other end of it, where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, like, I'm in a way being like settled for, you know, Mm -hmm. like having someone, and I've had this before, but I've never maybe been as cognizant of it, having someone just kind of want to go out with you just Mm -hmm. because you're there and you're Mm -hmm. nice and blah 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 and there's almost like an erasure of yourself in the relationship but there's also something which is much trickier to put your finger on and hard to talk about but there's also an element where you're like i could probably behave pretty badly but you Mm. just want to go out with me Mm -hmm. not Mm. that i'm saying this is about the person i dated but just in general it's like you just want to go out with me Mm -hmm. and so you're going to look overlook this behavior Oh, yeah. To go out with me. I've experienced mm-hmm. that a lot for people in the past. Yeah. And like, uh, it's very odd to be in that position because you're, in s- to some extent, you're just there and you're open mm-hmm. yeah. to getting to know them and that's mm-hmm. exciting to them. But uh, to other extents, they've imagined a falsified version of you and romanticized yeah. that and there's no way you can live up to it. Mm-hmm. But because of this version of you, there's the ability to do shitty things if you want to. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. scary to have yeah. that kind of power. It is. It is. Yeah. And I wonder if that's in a way how a lot of men feel. Mm. This mm. is what it brought to me. I was like, is this something akin to what a man would feel going into this relationship where they're like, oh, you're with me and you're probably just going to stay with me because mm-hmm. this is, you know, I'm filling this blank. And mm-hmm. so I can really fuck around. Fuck around. I can just fuck around because mm-hmm. you need this. I think the second mm-hmm. you feel that you've got to get out because mm. it means mm-hmm. that the relationship is really unbalanced from the start. Yeah. And they're just, I understand that unbalanced in, in, in 
imbalance is that the word yes imbalance Mm -hmm. in certain aspects of relationship is fine but mm-hmm. when it comes to like the amount that you care and respect for the other person, yeah, yeah. that's like where you gotta and draw the line. I do think over time that can sway a little bit. Like mm-hmm. sometimes one one of like one person in a relationship is really focused on their work. Mm-hmm. They can't pay enough attention to the other person and there's like a little bit of a disimbalance, but it then goes to the other side. Like mm-hmm. but you have to maintain that. Yeah. yeah. And if starting in there's one person that's like way up on the seesaw mm-hmm. and the other person that's down there, like <laughs> yeah. it's never gonna switch. Mm-hmm very odd i don't know have you nikki have you experienced that with your past long-term things? yeah i would say with my last partner there was the back and forth sway but mm-hmm. then at one point it started swaying in the direction where i just gave more of a shit than him mm-hmm. mm. and that was when i should have cut it off but i didn't it's hard and I, it's can, hard. I can really relate to what you were saying yeah. and that i feel like he was like you know i can kind of get away with yeah whatever the fuck because she really loves me and then exactly yeah. it's rough my thing is i always my boyfriends or people I'm dating in any kind of serious capacity always like me more than I like them. Mm. And that in a way I think has been romanticized by culture to like mm. be the elusive one. But in actuality it's, it's shitty both really ways. Shitty. You're like yeah. do I have the capacity to love? Mm-hmm. It makes you mm. feel terrible about yourself. Do you know? Just like mm-hmm. so much pressure. Yeah, but you're like, can I love like can I, will I ever be able to love someone, say, the way that you love me? Mm-hmm. Do you know? And like I was talking about my to my friend Cody, who's in a similar kind of position where it's like, mm. as soon as someone has gone on X amount of dates, there like, is a switch where I often mm-hmm. feel like people are trying to like lock it down with mm. me. Yeah. Do you know? And they're yeah. like, they want me to meet their parents or they want yeah. me. And I'm like, Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> Woodstock? Come to the opera with my mom. Uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> It's stuff like that, and it's and sometimes it's nice, but mostly I'm just like, what's going on in your head right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, that isn't happening for me. Like, do I have proper emotions? Yeah, I like. I think most couples will not openly admit this, but like, if you put one of them in a room and you were like, "Hey, are you the lover, the lovey, mm-hmm. or like who loves more?" Like, everyone yeah. knows deep down who that is. Yeah, in the relationship. Are you the lover or the lovey? She's it's not gonna say. Uh, no, I w- <laughs> no, I will because I was thinking about this a lot when I first started to get together with Sean. Like my first relationship, I was the lovey. Like yeah. he mm-hmm. definitely loved me more than I loved him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my second one, I was the lover. Like I definitely mm-hmm. loved him more than he loved me. And it with Sean, like it has just been that nice balance where sometimes I'm loved more and sometimes I'm loving more, and like mm-hmm. it never feels like it's too out of whack. But that's if it really did really get too out of whack, that's when I be a would know. And I, it's hard to navigate when that moment hits. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think a lot of people stay in relationships where it, the there's a huge imbalance. Mm-hmm. Or and you keep thinking it's going to go back. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there has to be a, a point where you're just like, this is not working. Yeah. So. And my parents, my dad, uh, my mom is my dad's best friend. But my mom's sisters are her best friend. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And it's always, and like, they're totally chill and open about talking about that. Yeah. But it's like, my dad would tell my mom things that he would never tell anyone else, which I think is very true of a lot of men, mm-hmm. particularly mm-hmm. of that generation. Whereas my mom's like, what? I have all these like blood. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I have like a blood coven over here. <laughs> I'm going to tell them. Yeah. We I lived in the same womb. <laughs> I think that's very true of a lot of, um, Maybe not necessarily in this generation, but like mm-hmm. a lot of older relationships, mm, yeah. like women were encouraged to just share and talk more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you develop like a strong relationship with your sisters or your best mm-hmm. friends. And then men 
like it's not it hasn't been very acceptable to like build that kind of relationship no. with another man. Mm-hmm. So unless you are really close with a sister or a female friend, which is also discouraged against a lot of the time, yeah. your wife or your partner is the only person you can talk to. Mm-hmm. It's true. Fucked up. It's, it's really fucked, fucked up. up. That's why they say that in marriages, men get much more out of marriages than mm-hmm. women do. Mm. Despite the opposite being true. Cause so often we think about it being like, Oh, you'll have the babies and then you'll get to live like mm-hmm. the life of Riley at home. <laughs> looking at the kids, <laughs> having your husband work for you. But my little brother called when we ever, we talk, he's like, I miss you so much because there's no one else I talk to the way that I talk to you. Mm. And that I can talk to you about like lots of different things like sexuality mm. and, and that he can ask me questions and like, you know, that he's like, I can't ask anyone else these questions mm-hmm. and that these mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily be things that w- might be appropriate to talk about with his girlfriend. Or yeah. You know, mm. which is interesting too. And it it's is. kind of sad. And he has fantastic friends always has. Mm-hmm. They're really close. They have mm-hmm. sleepovers. They're best friends. He's moving to Berlin with his best friend. Oh, who he cool. like, Yeah. What like about his girl? I, I maybe she'll go too. I'm not sure. But, you know, it, like, it, but it's funny that there's, even though he's so close with them, there's still something that he can't bridge mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be able to be like, can we talk about this? Yeah. Do you yeah. know? I feel like for me, I, I find it hard to be vulnerable and to like actually say how I feel about things. And that's something I've been working on like throughout this podcast. So I feel like I can relate to a lot of men. Maybe that's why yeah. I've been friends with a lot of men. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I feel like. When we first started hanging out and you were like asking me how I feel, I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what is what this? What are feelings? <laughs> feelings. <laughs> Articulating them to another human. Yeah. I no. know. So I can totally relate. I feel I'm mm. like quite like a, I make myself vulnerable. And this is something that I have learned through many years. And that's in part, I think, why I have such like intense close friendships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I allow myself to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and in a way that opens it up with other people. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's you exactly do that it. really well. I've mm-hmm. been thinking about that lately because I'm not vulnerable mm-hmm. for a long time before I get to know people. And... Mm. I think it's because when I've seen people do it the wrong way, it comes mm. across as really self-centered. Yes. Mm. It's like, why are you, like, it's like someone being like, sorry, was that stupid? Or like telling you like something way too intimate too early. Yeah. Like, yes. Like we they're not yeah. aware of like the social rules. Like rules. Yeah. Right I know now. exactly what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But then sometimes someone will like create a, a bond by just sharing something with me mm. early on. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate that, which is like what you did, Roshi, and mm. what you mm-hmm. often do. Yeah. And I wonder where that line is because I would like to mm-hmm. start being more open and vulnerable yeah. and like willing to not be so fucking like perfect mm. and like trying to figure out the rules of everything. Yeah. Mm. Totally. But I feel like it's one of those things that can go either way. Okay. Like I yeah. feel like <laughs> I've overshared with people I don't know that well and they're like, that was just like an awkward moment that I remember. <laughs> want to relive again you know <laughs> like normally i think people are chill like with you it was great but like it's risky you know it is risky. i mean it's taken me up until now to be able to like to straddle that line because definitely when i was younger people would be like who the fuck is this bitch tell me all this better life <laughs> they'd be like jog on what are you doing <laughs> and like definitely through college because i was so insecure mm-hmm. it was too much and it was like i would get drunk and tell people things about myself but they were like Oh God, like I kind of don't want to know this about yeah. you, you know? And also I think more it's now I assume that everyone has a level of trauma coming into something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I choose my words 
more carefully because mm-hmm. it's like say for example if you're someone who has been raped but mm-hmm. doesn't want to think about that and mm-hmm. hasn't got mm-hmm. to a point where they can start metabolizing that and processing yeah. it and i'm like yeah i was raped and it was really bad and i pissed blood that mm-hmm. for you might be like super oh, traumatic fuck, yeah. i'm yeah. not there yet mm-hmm. yeah i mean they probably feel the pressure to support you Mm. But they haven't processed their own shit. Exactly. So like and it might mm-hmm. like unsettle you. And I'm writing, th- I'm writing a book at the moment. And mm. one of the like scenes that I've written is a conversation between two friends. Mm. And that, like it took me like a long time to kind of get that down because it's like I distinctly mm. remember the first time somebody openly and like uh, empathically talked about being sexually assaulted mm-hmm. in whatever capacity and being like oh you're doing this and I really respect you and mm-hmm. I really like you it's this is changing how like it hasn't changed utterly how I view you mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. and yeah. it's yeah it's definitely it's an interesting it's a very hard line to walk yeah yeah I think um I've just been thinking about it a lot I don't know if there's a right way to do it but I think it's being honest and confident in mm. what you're saying mm-hmm. because you're not revealing something for validation from the yeah. other person mm-hmm. and you're not putting on a false facade of perfection. It's like yes. when I talk to, I was just thinking about this lately, talking to other musicians is sometimes mm-hmm. you'll be like, what's or other artists mm-hmm. like what's going on? And they mm-hmm. just tell you all about the cool projects cool that they're, they're yeah. working yeah. on, blah, blah, blah. And that's great. I'm excited for them. But like, I appreciate more when someone's like, I'm really struggling with this right. song because it's like... <laughs> I'm so lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no just money. Just like validates the fact that I'm not the only one floundering. Yeah. yeah. The struggle's real. Yeah. It is. But then if someone came up to me without me asking like, hey, what are you working on? Yeah, just you're like, just I'm really <laughs> struggling with this song right now. That means that they want some kind of validation from me or something. Yeah. Yes. So I don't know what it is, but... I'm just going to ask more line. people more questions instead of talking about <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's it's such I think I was thinking about this today about how for some say women who have kids mm-hmm. it's much better for them to stay at home with their kids and for some women who have kids it's much better than for them to work mm-hmm. and that you know you never know which one is going to be the one for you until you do it and that's why it's so important to both support working mothers but also mm-hmm. support stay-at-home moms totally. you know and it's and there should be no i used to kind of like stigmatize because i have a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i want to be a working mom mm-hmm. and i used to kind of in a way stigmatize mm-hmm. the fact that i had a stay-at-home mom and like be like oh my and god it's like anti-feminist exactly um and now i'm like no like life is so nuanced and generalizations just render us into like caricatures of ourselves mm-hmm. whereas like there's such a duality of to everything yeah you know like i feel like the problem would be doing what you don't feel comfortable and happy doing like if you're doing yeah. it because society tells you to do it that's yeah. shitty but if you genuinely want to stay home and support your kids yeah. and get joy out of that that's fantastic i know so many women that um i used to kind of like kind of bristle at this and now i really respect them but when i we've gotten into deeper conversations about like what do you want out of life what do you want to do like career wise and a couple more than a couple have revealed to me like honestly i really just want to be a mom yeah mm. i really just want to be a what a good wife and a mom and like i used to be like have more ambition than yeah. that. <laughs> bigger and now so i'm like more. no good for you if you know that early on mm-hmm. and like 
then you're going to know exactly what you're searching for in a partner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a really fulfilling, wonderful life when you make that happen for yourself. Yeah. If that's your dream, like go for it. Totally. That's and really you're cool. Probably going to bring like a level of it to like motherhood because this is what you want mm-hmm. and probably have an idea of how you're going to mother and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like I think that it can be tricky when you're someone who is like gets pregnant because you think you have to that this yeah. is something you take off and then you kind of end up resenting your kids yeah mm-hmm. and it's like honestly unless you're a buddhist they didn't ask to be born mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you are a buddhist okay they did <laughs> but i still respect you buddhism yeah. <laughs> but that's really true is they're probably going to raise a kick-ass kid and we need a mm. lot more of those. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I've been hearing a few stories recently of people who are just like getting with like really nicely, quietly confident people. Mm. And it's like shaking me to my core because I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is what like, uh, this is what being confident mm-hmm. is. And this is how it changes the nature of a relationship. Because you're like, yeah, of course. Like, don't worry about texting me all the time. Like, I know unless something yeah. traumatic happens, mm-hmm. you're still going to want to see me. So just, like, hit me up whenever. And, well, you know, That's great. Organize so great. it. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What's that like? <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> oh, my God. I'm shaking. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. How do you guys think? Well, you, because you're in a relationship, but I've been thinking about recently how do you trust your own instincts mm. i'm reading a book called wild women woman mm. wild woman anyway it's a book that came out how do you trust mm. your own instincts i feel like they've never let me down before i feel like just i'm with them I really feel like I, yeah i feel like really strongly that like i get a sense about people and so far like they've been pretty good like i could go into a thing being like you're really sexy but you might be shitty and then that's just my choice mm. But really? I, yeah, I feel, yeah, my instincts are good. Oh, fuck. I feel like that. that's true of, your, of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I struggle with it. I really <laughs> struggle yeah. with it. I, I mean, can never see the red flags. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can. I just override them. Mm. Of like, ever since uh, I got into that car accident when I was 17, mm. yeah. um, I have this tendency in the back of my head to be self-destructive to know something is bad for me and do it anyway because mm-hmm. i think i don't deserve the good thing yes. um and since i've become more aware of that and like built up more self-esteem and confidence i've been able to make the right decisions because i always know what they are mm-hmm. um and i'd say now it's just a matter of like listening past all the noise and fog and mm-hmm. other people telling you what to do and trusting yeah. and like hearing yourself yeah and for me that just often i have to like if i'm come if i have a decision to make mm-hmm. i will try and think of like the coin toss of like where does my heart really want it to go to mm-hmm. and then i'll wait a few days and like get drunk or be in a g- different context mm-hmm. or go somewhere and like think about it again and be like mm-hmm. in the same context do i still feel that way and yeah. if it's like kind mm-hmm. of across the board then mm-hmm. i know that my instincts are right mm-hmm. i feel like i learn a lot about how I feel about a thing based on what I say in conversations with others. Mm. Like sometimes I'll shock myself. Okay, so <laughs> I mean, I may as well just go <laughs> with yeah. this now. I, okay, so I'm leaving New York. I'm moving back very briefly to Dublin to see my family. And then I'm probably going to go on an adventure. And I'm ideally, I don't think I've had a chance to say this to you, Caitlin. I've 
decided to try and do a master's in sexuality and do my thesis on saints and sinners sexual oh. repression within the Irish Catholic Church. Cool. Yeah. You hadn't specified that to me. That's yeah. very cool. I had an epiphany in the Whitney. Myself and Zoe <laughs> were in the Whitney. We'd just gone to, I think it's the eighth floor. Mm-hmm. And they have kind of like a permanent exhibition there. And it's about American life. And each like kind of chain it's inspired by a wh Allen poem and each chamber represents a different part of american life and they had a part about community mm-hmm. okay and it was really interesting and there was like a be- i've never been moved to tears by a painting before and there's this portrait by this armenian artist who fled armenia during the genocide mm-hmm. and he's trying to reconstruct a picture of himself and his mom but his mom got killed during the genocide mm-hmm. and he has no family mm-hmm. and he has no pictures of her Mm. And he, it, the and the picture reflects that, and it was just so mm. poignant and beautiful, and it was like the real mm. human effect of war. But mm. I was, you know, thinking about if someone were to do an exhibition like this about Irish society, what would there be? And I was like, obviously, like pretty much like the Catholic Church or some kind of church would mm-hmm. feature in every room. And I was like, um, would there be? There would have to be a room about sexuality. And I was like, and what would be in it? Yeah. And then I was walking down the stairs with Zoe, and I was like, Zoe, <laughs> like, Eureka! And I was like, I should fucking do a master's on sexuality within not the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. because, like, in Spain and in France, mm-hmm. they're not repressed like we are. Yeah. It's specific to the Irish mm. Catholic Church. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it really, really is. And because Italy as well. Yeah. Fuck it there not freaking out about shame and sin all the time (laughs) in the same way you know certainly not in the same way yeah certainly i mean every i feel pretty much all religions have a level Mm -hmm. but there's a very specific it's very specific and Mm -hmm. i uh, like the the idea initially formed because i was in work one day and everyone we were just having a chat it was like four of us Mm -hmm. and all of us had had some kind of contact with the irish catholic church Mm. whether that be you were going to an Irish Catholic girls' school. You were growing up in a traditionally like I like American Irish Catholic area, yada yada yada. And all of us, and these were people from all over America, and then me, were talking about this repression and how difficult it is to deal with it as an adult, mm-hmm. and how you can be like a liberated, you know, woman or whatever, and you're still constantly having to can contend with it it's mm-hmm. like you're constantly having a threesome because it's <laughs> you your partner and then just the fucking catholic church in there as well Jesus. just being like fuck <laughs> me roshi you know <laughs> what yeah. yeah um and i was like i'm particularly kind of being exposed to like modern judaism as well mm-hmm. i'm like this does this isn't this does not feature in judaism in the same way mm-hmm. and i would say that my most liberated sexually liberated friends tend to be jewish women too that don't grapple with the same level of like shame and Mm -hmm. issues and all that kind of stuff and i was like i should just fucking do a master's on this i was like that would be and Mm -hmm. then if i do a phd it's gonna be the history of faking it in america (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that'll be it's gonna be the pornification write that book yeah Yeah, i i want to Mm -hmm. like i i feel like i had to like come out to one of the girls in work the other day being like oh yeah but you know i don't fake it and she was like what? You don't <laughs> fake it? And I was like, yeah, European women don't traditionally fake it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, and 
interesting is this mm-hmm. like an, an american thing and i was like yeah i would say so in my experience mm. you life. can even see it in porn like i was watching german Absolutely. porn the other day <laughs> and it felt just more real like the yeah. lady wasn't like <laughs> <laughs> she was kind of like every once in a while like that feels good <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's it's so, funny. so yeah. i would say it's a north american thing not just a specifically mm-hmm. like the usa mm-hmm. do you know because yeah. it seems to have extended to canada as well yeah, I think we might fake a little less, but I don't mm. know why. It's probably, I mean, yeah. like Canadians Ameri- are so friendly, you know, they just, they have yeah. to fake it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they make them feel really good about it, you know? <laughs> But it's, it's such a, yeah, so that's, that's my plan. That's in part why I'm leaving New York and stuff yeah. like that. That's so exciting. Yeah. We're very I mean, excited for you. It's very sad. We're I'm gonna really miss very it. Very <laughs> fucking sad about it. I'm like, oh God, I'm leaving. And my parents converted my bedroom into a bathroom. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> leaving. It's a huge bathroom. <laughs> it's a pretty big bathroom. It has like a shower and a bath in there. Um, but there. I, so I'm leaving New York, my life here with mm-hmm. all my friends and my freedom and my disposable <laughs> income and like <laughs> the endless nights to <laughs> go back to my suburban family home and sleep on the top bunk of my 15 year old brother's bunk oh bed no. for a yes. while like oh my god no wonder you're not sleeping well <laughs> i'm not i'm having so many dreams about snakes oh my god snakes are the symbol of transformation ah <laughs> yeah and awakenings Mm. yeah so well, apparently I mean, it's a big change it's huge such a big yeah. change end of a chapter exactly my dad actually funnily enough emailed me this morning to say i hope you're not too sad i know you'll get back like i know yeah. you'll come back and i was like oh that's <laughs> nice of you to say dad. yeah yeah but sorry talking about intuition that's what we were talking about before and like knowing your intuition and uh, having good yeah, feeling about right. people i have pretty much none of that about partners i just can't mm. and i think it's in a way my desperate need to be validated mm. that i still haven't been managed to overcome but on the other hand i think i it's i think i have an unusually high level of perception for when i'm not romantically involved mm-hmm. with people i would agree with that, that like yeah. it's mm. almost like a sixth sense where i can like go into a room and feel the energy of the room mm-hmm. and like get like a good gr- a really good grasp of somebody mm-hmm. like very 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 quickly so do you not get that when you're attracted to someone or it's just when you start to be in a relationship with them no just attracted to them pretty mm. much it's it almost like y- this sounds really weird but you know the way magneto in x-men has like that helmet that puts <laughs> and <laughs> stops his powers that's like what it feels like with me it's like huh? if i the attraction <laughs> blinds you to all the yeah yeah, yeah. or mm. if i'm just considering you even if i'm not that attracted to you if i'm just considering you to maybe like have sex with you or blah mm-hmm. blah blah i can't really like it takes me a while mm. to huh. then start to be able to recognize for example, met this guy on Sunday night. We had a fight in the bar about the Whitney Museum. Um, <laughs> and I was like, God, this guy is so abrasive. But he comes up to me at the end and is like, yo, I really want to see you again. Here's my number. Text me when you're leaving the bar and I'll come meet you at your house. And I was like, whoa. And at the time I was like, whoa, so confident. Okay, cool. <laughs> let's do it. And then I, he was like, okay, can't wait to see you later. Like text me when you're leaving your house when you leaving the bar and then he was like okay i'm outside your house and i was like no i'm still at the bar <laughs> 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 i'll see you in a little while and how did he know where you lived because i sent him my address okay yeah, yeah. 
And then he just like waited for whatever it was, like 25 minutes outside my house or so until I got home. And then it's we cold went. cold too. Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> then we went upstairs and we like, whatever, hooked up. And then the next morning we spent like four hours just like, like kind of like, like playing. Like, do you know, like, mm-hmm. like laughing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we yeah. didn't have sex again. And it was like, f- like funny. And I was like, oh, he's actually really nice. And then he left and he was like, being like, yeah, like, let's get dinner. I'll text you. And am I like, heart of hearts i was like no you're not gonna do that mm-hmm. but i was like mm-hmm. oh he's a really good kisser i think he's nice like mm-hmm. i'll text him and i texted him and then he texted back and the text back was pretty bonkers and at the same time that he, he was like i can't come over tonight because essentially like, i don't want to leave my friend alone in my house in case he searches through it and i was like <laughs> what is a good friend <laughs> i was like what is your friend doing and what do you have in your house that's such an odd excuse if it's an excuse isn't it so it's strange. almost too weird, weird to be an excuse maybe but it's true. oh no it's true it's true <laughs> but then he texted me at two in the morning just saying you around question mark this is weird oh you red flags <laughs> lots of red flags and right there. Yeah. but when i told zoe i was like isn't that so I told Zoe, I was like, oh, yeah, so I met him, and then he came over, blah, blah, She was like, wait, he waited outside our house for 25 yeah, minutes? Yeah, I think that's the weirdest part. And she, <laughs> was, and she was like, and I was like, yeah. And she was like, you think this is cute, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, no, Rishi, that's a red flag. <laughs> she <laughs> was like, this stranger is waiting outside your home. I Tw- feel like not Why didn't you leave the bar together? That's weird. I don't know. He wanted to leave, I guess, and I wanted to stay. See, that's the weirdest part is, like, if he was like, hey, I'd love to chat more. Like, do you want to get out of here? Mm-hmm. Or I'd love to chat more. Let me get you your number and we'll set up another time later. But the weird part <laughs> is, is that, that he, he left, left the bar and went yeah. to your house. house. Yeah. He, he went home. He oh. left the bar. There's an hour. Hmm. Uh, so he leaves at he 1. He wanted to shower. Be fresh for you. I don't think he did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he showered. I feel like there's nothing inherently wrong with waiting outside for someone to be there if he really wanted to see you. I feel like that in itself isn't a red flag in isolation. With the other things I think it, it is. is. Mm. People, it's, it's specifically because it's New York. Like, mm-hmm. people are busy. You, like, it. But, like, if she was like, I want to see you, I'm on my way, wait here. And he was like, Is All that right, what cool. you said, though? Or you were like, I'm still or at the bar, I'll text you when I'm leaving. Okay, that, yeah, that's the question. Mm, he was like, I'm gonna, oh, I, I can't look at my phone. But it was, it was, there was, I was still definitely at the bar and we were texting. And then oh, and he, he okay. was like, okay, I'm outside your house now. Yeah. And I was okay, like, oh, that's weird. Weird. That's No, weird. I'm still okay. at yeah, the my bar. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll leave now. Yeah. Um, but, and it was also because like, I was significantly drunker than him. And mm-hmm. this brings another, another oh. thing into it, right? And to go back, because I felt like we talked about this a lot at the start of the podcast, to go back to say Aziz and Zari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aziz and Zari, to me, was such a disturbing case, not because it was sexual assault, but because it it was, it's, it tells so much about the male psyche mm-hmm. that you're like, wait a second, why don't you want to get with someone who really wants to get with you? Mm-hmm. There you go. That is disturbing. Why would you want to have sex with someone who's lukewarm about having sex with you or mm-hmm. who's like, let's slow it down. I don't want to do this yet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's much more disturbing to me about the male totally. sexual psyche yeah. than anything else. Because it's mm-hmm. like, what's happened here 
that mm. you don't want enthusiastic consent, that you don't want to yeah. fuck someone who's like, yeah, I want to fuck you. I want to rip your fucking clothes yeah. off. Like, let's go crazy. Yeah. I think yeah. it's a number of things. I think mm. it's one that men are raised all the time. If you have the opportunity for sex, you take it. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you're like not a man, uh, which is fucked up that they're told and raised on that. I also mm. think that a lot of times and only recently men are becoming more aware of like what consent is and when Mm. women are into them because women are not supposed to show how much you're into someone Mm. you're supposed to play hard to get and so like gatekeeper yeah exactly gatekeeper (laughs) so it's like they don't know based on your like nonverbal cues you might be really into it and like a freak in the bedroom Mm -hmm. who knows um and i also think it's just like we're only starting to learn more about how to communicate mm-hmm. now. Yeah. What I find is really interesting is so many times they're like experiences that some person might be like, that was like, all right, sex. And the other person is like, no, that was definitely like violent. So I'm wondering where the wires are crossed. How is it that someone like I saw, I was on a panel for a play this weekend that was called a bad night. And it was about, um, it was the side of both perpetrators and survivors of sexual violence mm-hmm. talking about, their experiences and it was like all taken from real stories about real people and in so many of them it was just like the perpetrators didn't realize that they were perpetrators yeah. at all and it's like is our culture so fucked up that like pressure is actually just like normal oh i recently had to talk to my manager in work because there was this new guy in the kitchen who was just like just being so weird with me and i was like no fucking way am i spending my last time in new york having to contend with you mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. big weirdo and I said it to her and she talked to him and like from his perspective, he was flirting with me. Yeah. But mm-hmm. from my perspective, I was like, I have no interest in you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have sex with you. I, you haven't, I don't know you. So it's not even like I want to be friends with you. Mm-hmm. You're just being aggressive. And I knew that's what he was doing as well, mm-hmm. but it's so hard. I couldn't have gone up to him and said, Hey, I know that you have a thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're flirting unspoken. with me, <laughs> but you Ain't know what? Happen, <laughs> Put your bone back in your pants, buddy. <laughs> Cause like then that opens up a different kind of worms. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a very specific thing that when you're a friendly woman who mm-hmm. is also good looking mm-hmm. people, a certain kind of man just think you want to fuck them. Mm -hmm. And it's taken, it's like they're so unaware in a way of their environment. It's like, no, look around you. I'm being friendly to everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why are you misconstruing this? Like that guy understands that we're just being Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. You know, your one on pastry understands we're just Mm -hmm. friends. And yet Mm -hmm. you have managed to... being like, yeah. oh, she's being friendly with everyone, she's but with really all me, yeah. she's, you know. Because yeah. I feel like you kind of see what you want to see in a situation. So yeah. if someone's like, damn, Roisin is like mad hot, and look, she talked to me, and she's smiling, <laughs> and look, she's like wearing clothes and outside. Like, <laughs> For all you know, it. they could be like really good at picking up signals, and mm-hmm. then when they're attracted to someone like <laughs> yourself, they have the Magneto cap on, <laughs> and they can't pick up any signals from you. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, so interesting. Attraction really blinds us in some weird it oh my god i just i can't i honestly just can't see the red flags for the sea of red flags Mm -hmm. Uh, like i have to ask people all the time being like do you think that this is normal people are either like 
no (laughs) (laughs) or yes (laughs) well then keep doing that i mean if you you know now that you can't trust your intuition Mm -hmm. when you're attracted to someone like ask trusted friends yeah Mm -hmm. i used to have to do it because when i was younger i like struggled a lot with like in a way a morality so i find it very hard to see what was the right thing to do in a Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. and i also find it very difficult to to be a friend and to be a good person and stuff like that i used to constantly have to ask other people being like hey i reacted like this in this situation do you think that was the right reaction or like i'm my friend has done something like this and i'm really angry now do you think this is right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and constantly until now i can trust my like intuition and my reflexes but it took like 10 years to get that to that point yeah i mean i think it takes a while because i think we're all born with that sense of intuition Mm -hmm. but we just become clouded by what how we're raised yeah Yeah. as children we just don't have enough knowledge of Mm -hmm. ourselves and the world around us to understand what's right and what's wrong Mm -hmm. and like what's true to our intuition and what's someone telling us something and so like most of our 20s i think are sorting figuring that, out. that <laughs> shit out yeah. some people don't totally some people will never it's yeah from what i just learned don't from care yeah. your old boyfriend <laughs> i mean i do think like this book i'm reading like makes a really good point where it's like women have intuition mm-hmm. or like certain not just women but like marginalized people mm-hmm. have intuition in a way that is almost like a special power and it makes sense because if you have been in a group that historically has always been persecuted Mm -hmm. of course you're going to develop something that keeps you alive yeah yeah Mm -hmm. do you know like it's not like supernatural it just makes sense it's evolution yeah Mm -hmm. you know being like oh don't get into this elevator with this person because there's some bad vibes yeah you know or don't walk down this street for whatever reason take this other street instead Mm -hmm. that's funny i feel like now some straight white men in some particular situations are developing that which mm. is why they're asking those questions yeah. of yeah. like did i let yeah. me know if i ever did anything weird it's like because their jobs or like their abilities or like the opportunities are at risk yeah so they're realizing that mm. they have to develop this mm-hmm. understanding and this intuition absolutely it's really interesting it's to interesting watch it happen time. it's a very interesting I honestly time. think it's such like i was at my friend the other night and he just said apropos of nothing it must be so boring to be a heterosexual white guy and i was like absolutely oh. not <laughs> no but i was like oh and he was like because there's so much of the world that is cut off for you oh yeah and he was like i mean he- like heterosexual women can move through so many spaces if they open themselves up to it mm-hmm. whereas like heterosexual white guys cannot move through so many spaces mm-hmm. in this same way like if you like say me as like a a white woman can go into say even like a POC or a queer event and mm-hmm. so long as I'm willing to adapt to it get a get along with it whereas like if you're like a white straight dude going into something mm-hmm. like that you're probably you don't have the same mm-hmm. adaption abilities you know like you can't really be a straight white guy in a gay bar whereas you can definitely be a straight white woman yeah I feel like in some situations you can you just if you're like super thoughtful yeah you know yeah. like i think it's possible to be I mean, i've never seen it i've seen it really yeah i've seen it yeah um i it's think it's rare, rare but yeah. there's a certain type of white man who's like done enough introspection about what's going on that i think is able to like be in those communities and to be accepted mm. yeah i mean maybe you guys are just being exposed to different things i've i mean i know one person but he's irish and so that 
is a different thing within itself. Mm-hmm. Do you know? But I've never seen an, an American, North American do it. I mean, that sounds terrible, but I just haven't. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. from being inside those spaces as well, I've never seen it either. Do you know? I, I've seen it quite a bit, but mm-hmm. that's because I feel like I put myself in those spaces fairly often, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. always weirdly end up gravitating mm-hmm. towards the straight white man. Yeah, me too. So like... Mm. I mean, that's fucked up as it is. I don't know if that's the right thing to say out loud. <laughs> but <laughs> I just saw one of my best friends from college in Denver when I was on tour. And he's one of those people that is like always like has really strong friendships with women, but mm. also develops those really open, like cuddly mm-hmm. relationships with other straight men. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen anyone quite like him who's able to just like stroke some like straight mm, guy's hair yeah. and the guy's fine Homo with it. He's, he, yeah, he's just like very... Um, you trust him immediately, and mm-hmm. like I've like I went to a yoga class with him, and he was the only like white mm-hmm. dude in the class. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he just greeted everyone as they came in, and was like, "She's a really great hugger. You should give her a hug." Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just love that. I just like I. He's one of those like beacons of light that yeah. I met yeah. in college, and I feel like I, since knowing him and some other people earlier on in my life, I've sought out that quality in a lot of um straight white men because i feel like we need more of them absolutely Mm. like i know a lot i this isn't i know a lot of good men Mm -hmm. who i'm like oh you guys are good guys like you're very sweet but it's not like this the adaptability isn't there because Mm -hmm. i think to be truly adaptable you have to be able to at some point surrender your ego and Mm. when you are a straight white guy you just i don't think you don't really have that ability in the same way Mm -hmm. because you've never had to have that ability Mm -hmm. so i think to truly experience things and to surrender yourself fully Mm -hmm. to the experience and to be changed by them you have to surrender your ego and just a lot of men don't have that ability to do it i think they're starting to develop it maybe i've I've seen Mm -hmm. like i've had a lot of tough conversations where at first it's a lot of defensiveness mm-hmm. and inability to surrender ego. Mm-hmm. And either it happens in that conversation or months later that man will approach me and be like, you were you were right. Mm-hmm. Or like, I've been thinking about this. And I think that is like proof of at least a little bit of surrendering that Absolutely. ego. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough. It's been a good good time to be doing this podcast. Yeah. I'm so glad that it's ending. Yeah. Because I feel like the difference is for straight white men they don't have to do that whereas for people who are any type of minority we are like forced to think about things in a certain Mm. way Mm -hmm. so i feel like for straight white men they have to choose that like i'm gonna put time into sort of thinking about other perspectives but i have i think it's possible yeah and it's Mm. happening in some communities sometimes like i would say that definitely the most interesting thinkers i know i have and this is this is interesting and this is like an interesting perspective of my personality given like the country I'm from mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. But the people with the most interesting perspectives that I have met tend to be people who have who are who are gay or queer, who are people of color or who mm-hmm. do you know, who've had to really think about what it is to be other in the world. Mm-hmm. Do you know? And that like no matter what I have never met I and you know, here's to hoping, but I have I haven't yet met a straight white guy who has that level of depth and introspection Mm. because it'd be so hard to get there. Well, Mm -hmm. I think 
actually just thinking about it right now, a lot of the ones that I've become close to are not raised with like your standard nuclear family. Mm. So mm. they're raised by single mothers mm. or they're raised in communities that were super diverse. And it's like, it's growing up in that. Yeah. That allows them to have that perspective. And I think that's why it's really hard for uh, straight white men nowadays who have just had like a wonderful, lovely upbringing <laughs> with like, a lovely supportive family. And yeah. I'm so happy for them that they had that. But like, mm -hmm. it's hard to develop that now, not mm -hmm. having any background with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm so happy I'm a woman. Me too. Oh Me my too. God. Actually, I don't know. I just feel like having sex as a man would be really fun. Have you know. ever tried pegging? Not yet, but I'm open to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get a strap on. But then you wouldn't feel it. I mean, if we were all given the opportunity to like switch genders or races or mm -hmm. like um, lifestyles for a day, like of we would course. all yeah. take it because it would be super <laughs> interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to see what it felt like to have a penis for a yeah, second? Yeah, you, you know? I don't know and if I'd like balls. Yeah, and I mean this, but I just wouldn't want all that fucking issues that come from like, is your dick big enough? Is it small oh enough? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. does he have a bigger dick to me? Yeah, like, like women don't care, by the way. It's just yeah, women are like, just is don't. Is your pussy tighter? Is it wetter than? Yeah. <laughs> 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 or, but like in sex as well, it's like I wouldn't like to go into sex and then be like, fuck, I really want to come. No, think about something else. Think about your yeah, no, think about your parents having sex. Think about kittens. Oh my god. But at least oh they get to come really every time. That's true, That's true. But I mean, there's gonna be be definitely some mental mathematics going on during right. that period yeah. where they're like if i come too soon will she yeah. think i'm shit but does she think my dick's big enough oh no that's god. true <laughs> you take too long to come it's like what's wrong <laughs> oh yeah. my god that seems like so much anxiety no we're I just like physically showing when you're aroused that would be yeah. weird would boner guy which one i just all of them. i just love my no one wants to be weird boner guy. i love my yeah. little brother being like well you know what Roshin? everyone's weird boner guy at some point because yeah. when you sure. go through puberty you It'll just get, get weird boners. <laughs> yeah, so true. I think like part of the conversation as well with like developing like feminism and stuff like that is is the is the nuance of mm -hmm. it. It's like mm -hmm. it's very easy to just be like straight white men have it so easy, and it's better to actually recognize how mm -hmm. the patriarchy affects their lives as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. So being like, oh yeah, it'd be so easy to have a dick, and it's like, well, actually, yeah, there's a lot to think about. And, and you're also like not allowed to express any of that because you are not supposed to have emotions. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and like not being able to have really close friends who you talk about and mm -hmm. like what mm -hmm. if you're not the kind of guy who easily gets into a relationship mm -hmm. what yeah. happens then what if you have a really sec high sex drive and you're just constantly wanking and no one wants to fuck you which is mm -hmm. not anyone else's fault but like yeah. that kind yeah. of thing and then you're like yeah. I have access to guns let's sorry that got real dark <laughs> That's what I think is yeah, what's wrong with society. Yeah. Like, no one wants to fuck me. I guess I'll kill people. Yeah, that's <laughs> so fucked up. You gotta up. take your power back. Uh, <laughs> no one wants no. to fuck me, but guess what? <laughs> no one the world. But that's it. And like, there's there's so much. Like, I watched a really interesting documentary just before I came over here called The Mask You Live In. And in it, it talks about like hyper masculinity. So mm. while there's the cult of pink, there's now the cult of camouflage, where yes. like, with. Let, I'm doing air quotes, declining gender roles. Mm. This There's been a rise in the cult of pink where like you go to the pink aisles and mm. the toy stores, but then when you go to the guys, it's much more like warrior-centric and like 
uber muscle man and like mm-hmm. you got to be this and this and this and it's yeah so crazy i find that marketing so interesting with like body wash or like yeah. products like that <laughs> or candles where like so female funny. candle candles for women female candles <laughs> <laughs> candles for women are like mango and like coconut yeah. verbana or whatever Vanilla. and then for men yeah. it's like stinky yeah. fireplace yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Barbecue. weird like actual ones are like ice blaster like yeah. <laughs> it's all very phallic that's yeah, very <laughs> shoot <Pussy>. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it's unfortunate your dick is big enough fan yeah. <laughs> you smell like this it's a <laughs> really good oh i just have this to say about like homosexual relationships Mm -hmm. and my own practice i obviously have never been able to i i I really struggle like body dysmorphia and like seeing how i actually look and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and i've taken that really into every homosexual heterosexual relationship i've been in Mm -hmm. and now having been involved in a same-sex relationship was interesting because it was it was almost like the blinders came off where i was like Oh, because you're another woman, I can see how attractive I am mm. in c- in context to other women because I'm able to evaluate that much better than like in context to men. Mm. Do you know? So there's a base level in my head where I always think that men are better looking than me, and mm. I think that this is in a way attributed to to power and to power dynamics and stuff like that. That it's like you often see much more good-looking girls with less good-looking guys Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and so that messaging puts in your head being like of course you're going to get with someone who's less good-looking than you because that's Mm -hmm. just the way of the world you know Mm -hmm. and like my friends who would openly talk about like wanting to like fuck really hot guys Mm -hmm. there's something still shocking about a woman just being like oh yeah i want to fuck him because he's hot (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) like nothing else (laughs) i want to fuck him because he's got cut glass abs and like that's what i'm chasing do you know and it was really interesting going into a different dynamic because the the same and it was it was much harder to navigate than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be really easy Mm because we're two women Mm -hmm. and that in itself is internalized misogyny Mm -hmm. but i was like actually it's pretty difficult in a completely different Mm. way Mm -hmm. than i thought it was going to be i feel like in some ways it could make one person more self-conscious because it's like oh we both have boobs let's compare them or like Mm -hmm. we both have legs yeah legs yeah yeah it's Mm. cool that that wasn't the case yeah no it wasn't and absolutely it wasn't but it was just interesting like for the first time in my life being like oh okay i can kind of gauge my attractiveness here Hmm. whereas you hot oh thank you yeah whereas Mm -hmm. like in other relationships i've always been like oh my god they're so much better looking than me and then looked back and be like what (laughs) he was an empty trash bag (laughs) i was bringing around on a string oh my god i love that that imagery but it's funny because when you first broached that subject i thought that you meant the thing that i do which is like i'm never evaluating my level of attraction attractiveness to a guy i'm hooking up with I'm evaluating it against the idealized girl that he wants to be with, which I'll never live up to because it's like a fake person. Right. Whereas like being with women, uh, you're like you, 
that's gone because they understand what women's bodies are because they have right. one. So it's mm. like you're not evaluating it anymore because you're mm. all natural women. Yeah, that like stretch marks are normal. Yeah. It's things like that. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't have stretch marks. I think I do. Mm. I not do. that like like a lot of people have. I just didn't mm-hmm. grow very much at any point. Neither did I. Like I just mm. grew incrementally. Yeah. And then I stopped <laughs> there wasn't like a moment where i was like fuck i'm growing a lot and, like my no. breasts never got like really big like i mm-hmm. never did any of the things that would necessitate stretch marks like oh, loads of other women i know but yeah. i was like oh yeah. i don't have these oh this makes sense yeah. <laughs> so i've been the same height since i was 12 yeah. <laughs> okay. but wait if in our closing segment what yes. would you say that's what would be the diff- biggest difference succinctly mm. since we started this podcast to now nikki succinctly well, one thing that's really fucking cool is that I feel like I've always thought about projects, but this was the, like one of the first ones that I actually like. We fucking did it. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Like, Thank you, Caitlin. Thank you, Caitlin. So it helped me realize that like if I have a project idea, you can actually turn it mm. into a thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since the podcast has started, I've started so many other projects, and yeah. I may have not thought to start them without being like hey we can just cool yeah like we just talked about a thing and then now it's out there thing thing. so i feel like that was one of the most profound for me and i'm really thankful for that that's very cool yeah i think that i learned to be less agreeable Mm. and in conversations with people to push back more Mm. Ooh, that's Um, interesting can you expand on that a little yeah Um, I mean, I've learned a ton of things from this podcast, but I think in general, I thought that the things that nice girls were supposed to say Mm. in polite conversation, Mm -hmm. the things that we're talking about were either things that only I thought or that I knew other people thought, but you weren't supposed to express them or that like what we talked about was going to stay in this room and to listeners. Yeah. But I found that the more we dissect it and talk about this stuff and i've gotten feedback from people listening the more that i'm like i need to confront people that are just mm. saying mm-hmm. things in bars <laughs> and think that that's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> just running yeah. their mouth <laughs> and it like i i've always disliked conflict mm-hmm. and i dislike when any conversation becomes heated and like used to just back off immediately if i sense that and now and it wasn't that i didn't hold true to my convictions it was just that i thought it wasn't worth it Mm. and so now i just find myself realizing that it's important to express them because other people are not going to hear them if you don't say them out loud yes and they'll just assume that you're agreeing with them yeah yeah a lot of times you're really not and i'll just walk away or be like i don't want to deal with this right now Mm. Mm -hmm. and i know that like i don't have any obligation to educate but Mm. i do feel not obliged but like more passionate about doing it i guess that's awesome that's really cool i i i feel like i've become so much less if i mean there's so many different things the way this is if i feel like the podcast has very deeply and profoundly affected my life Mm -hmm. and also like what i'm thinking about the future and like Mm -hmm. even like seeing you to work and what you do i'm like oh there's so many other ways you can do things than just this one way that i thought you could Mm -hmm. do things Mm -hmm. um and it's like really good about being brave as well like i'm i felt like before i was so afraid like frightened of what it is to be 
sexual and to inadvertently be sexualized and I feel like so often in my life I'm sexualized Mm -hmm. against my will that I was like kind of nervous going into the podcast Mm -hmm. because I was like oh god I'm putting out this stuff about me that's gonna make people think about me having sex Mm -hmm. I don't mind if people masturbate over me anymore (gasps) I was thinking about it and I masturbate (laughs) thinking about people I know now really Oh my god! Even the other, like, um, even on yesterday, I was like telling two girls I work with about the guy I hooked up with, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, so he came on my breast, and then like when I got <gasps> me a two, <laughs> I love <literally laughs> Oh my I was god! Like, and then he, but I like also put like a load of his semen in my mouth just to like <laughs> taste what it, like just to taste it, just to taste I'm it. I'm so proud of you. So long. And then we were talking, and I was like telling him I was like you should taste this and he was like what no and I was like you should taste it it's good for you to know what your own semen tastes like mm-hmm. and he was like do you drink your own pee and I was like no because that'd be hard but I was like I wouldn't <laughs> be tasted <laughs> but I was like I've definitely tasted my own period blood before and he was like oh that's actually really cool <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm not gonna taste my own chiz <laughs> but and it was like I feel like it's because like you guys are very natural in a certain kind of way and just to like get into that and be like yeah I can be a sexual person Mm -hmm. that's okay Mm -hmm. but I'm also like firm enough in my ability to be like yo don't sexualize me Mm -hmm. do you know like unless I'm consenting to this unless I want to engage in it and I feel like I it's been a long time since I've asked anyone do they think I'm pretty which is a big, a which is so That's big, huge. which is so big. But the biggest thing is I think I've just become way less judgmental. And I see it in mm. how people talk to me because mm. so many people I know now mm-hmm. are like, oh, I didn't know who else to talk about this with. But I think you'll, I think you're a good person totally. to talk about I it. I feel you know? like you seem like even more open than when I first met yeah. you. Yeah. Like I remember one of our first walks, I was like saying some shit and you were just mm. looking at me like I was insane. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, I was like, what? What is she doing? <laughs> but yeah, that's like Dave. No, like Dave commented on it as well. He was like, "You like are a very open <coughs> person now," and he was like, "You are very like in a way settling to be around because it seems like no matter what I tell you, mm-hmm. you will try your best not to judge." That's great. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, like you can gauge it like with how you're interacting with people. I mean, like how I interact with my family and stuff like that. It's very, yeah, it's very interesting. And I feel like this is the start of a journey. Mm-hmm. I feel like in 10 years, we're going to look back and be like, oh my God, look at where we all are now. That's so yeah. true. Do you know what yeah. I mean? We have to do an episode in 10 years. We will. I still think have we should. We Maybe like one. once a year. I absolutely think we should do once a year. Yeah. We should try and just coordinate all of us being in the same place once mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. I think that's do you very know? doable. That's very I doable. think it's very doable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come so to fun. Edinburgh. I'll do yes. it. Come to Edinburgh. I'll be, I'll in, be in, Edinburgh. in Edinburgh. Yeah, so Roisin gave us an update on what she's up mm. to next. Mm-hmm. Please give um, us. I will give you guys a quick update on me. Um, I am starting up another podcast, which is how I yes. feel like this is Ooh. the beginning of something as I mm. learned a ton about how to like edit and produce mm-hmm. this stuff. So I'm starting one with Sean. Um, that's called Five Words. It's going to be on, I think, the All Things Comedy um, cool. podcast channel. Uh, but basically, we ask comedians, for the most part, or friends to come in with a story. And then they tell us the story in five words. And then we try and tell the story <laughs> without <laughs> knowing what it is. That's amazing. Oh my and they God. tell us the real story. So we want to start doing this as a live show as well. So it's just like, it's very silly. But yeah. so far, we've talked about like... Um, 
Allison Libby told a story about like um, getting her first vibrator, mm. and I felt like, oh, like I'm comfortable talking about this stuff yeah. on microphones now. Yeah. And like Shane Torres talked about when he was a little kid and pooped his pants, and like we <laughs> talked about like shaming and mm. that kind of thing. And um, it's just been like really fun to feel like I'm not coming into it out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. I have this basis, and um, so I'm doing that, and then also. Uh, I am releasing an EP of music. I'm releasing a comedy EP next year, and I'm doing Edinburgh with my hour. So it's a big year for me. <gasps> That's so, so exciting. exciting. Huge, huge year. I will also say this since we started the podcast about you, Caitlin. I remember one of our very first episodes, you told that story about Sean telling that story where he talked to you, you like to your vulva and your whatever clitoris, <laughs> and you <laughs> came and you were so embarrassed. I was embarrassed time. to tell the story. No, no, that we, like oh. he had said it on a podcast, oh, and that yes. your friend that he made you mm-hmm. come. And yeah. now we're l- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like whatever. Yeah. To Actually, I'll, tell, I'll tell everybody this right now. Um, yes, it's like I'm way less embarrassed about mm. sharing this stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that comes from like um, I remember starting this and editing out all the ums and all the mm. dumb shit I said. And mm-hmm. then as we started like actually using this equipment and p- putting stuff out there, it's like, those are the things I like about podcasts. So yeah. Like the human, human parts. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like for me, when we first started in general, I have this, like, I want to be perceived as like a sexy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't necessarily say things that are unsexy. So be yeah. like, I have stretch marks or yeah. like, I had a mustache for a minute. Yeah. And I feel like a lot more comfortable being like, I am sexy and I have had a mustache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Fuck yeah. It. Embracing Fuck it. like the whole person. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It can be hard to not inadvertently objectify ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. You or know, like think about ourselves from exterior. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah. That's yeah. the biggest thing I yeah. have. Mm-hmm. Trying to get into the first person <laughs> perspective. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Your it's brain. Very I think for you, I've noticed that since we started this podcast, the amount of female friends you have has like exploded. Mm-hmm. That's very you know? true. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, Nikki's got some ladies now. I, I remember some ladies. the it's first yeah. party That's I ever true. went to and I was like, there are so few women here mm-hmm. there that has you been know. Shift. And now I'm yeah. like, oh, Nikki has like a lot of good yeah. female friends. That's, That's true. true. Mm. I would say the same mm. is true for me. Of yeah. Like mm. Coming into this, we'd both talked about like struggling with girl groups. Yeah. And this is like... Like the most positive girl the group. The most, like... It's usually trios too that like two people like mm-hmm. partner up like and help yeah. Out <laughs> yeah. And I do feel like that's been happening more globally, either in the circles that I'm now drawn to or just in general because of the Me Too movement is like created this awareness of like we're not competing with each other. Yeah. Yes. Let's support each other more. And that's totally really fucking cool. Really it fucking is. cool. What is what's next for you, Nick? Yeah. Um, so I started a bi weekly column in Bushwick Daily where I give people advice about sex and relationships. There's someone better. Um, and I'm also starting to do like counseling for people who are having like sexual or relationship oh. issues. So mm. I have my first client, <gasps> my Uber driver. Yes. <laughs> Um, so if anyone would like to speak about what's going on with them, it'll be really cheap for now while I'm getting my feet on yeah. the ground. Nice. And so don't you have it. like a new life plan? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna stick or not. Okay. Um, you know but I'm gonna put it out there just <laughs> in case. <laughs> yeah. It does. Yeah. So when I was speaking with um the fart fetish fellow in mm-hmm. New Orleans, I was thinking that I hadn't read any books that are sort of like helpful in understanding where fetishes come from, so both like biological mm-hmm. as well as social, um, and interviews of people that have like interesting fetishes that you might not hear of very often, mm-hmm. as well as information about like 
How do you, what do you do if your partner is into something that you're not into? How do you yeah. express to your partner that you're into X, Y, Z, something that's not yet like socially mm. accepted? So one idea I had, we'll see if it sticks, is I was going to potentially apply to do my PhD and then my dissertation would be like a book about fetishes. Cool. That's sort of written that's for like the layman because I don't think there's anything out there that no. is like that yet. Don't steal my idea, motherfuckers out there. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, would be a big idea recorded. to steal. They would yeah. really have to commit yeah. to that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'd have to apply to a lot of PhD programs. <laughs> True. Well, I'm probably going to have to. Yeah. Oh, That's my God. That's so exciting. Yeah. I'm really proud of all of We're us. I know. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, just a brief aside while I was thinking about <laughs> sticking up for myself. Um, when I was at this comedy club in Austin, I was greeting people coming out of the show, trying mm. to sell merch. Mm. And um, people who approach performers after shows are just weird I think mm -hmm. in my head because like I would never talk to someone after a show I might say like really good job but then mm -hmm. be like I don't want to bother them yeah. they'll probably like let them live their life yeah so people that do approach you say strange things yes mm -hmm. and um I've gotten this a lot and I'm I usually just laugh it off but like you were really funny for a woman <gasps> or for like oh. a musical comedian or like mm -hmm. I didn't think I'd be into you but then you won me over is like I get that kind of stuff a lot. Mm. And so for the first time, a guy was like, you were really funny for a woman. And I just said, that's not a compliment. <gasps> and he said, oh. he said, why? I was trying to compliment you. And I said, yes, but you understand that what you're saying is most women aren't funny mm -hmm. and that yeah. I am for An a exception. woman. And so yeah. what you're saying is my gender is not funny as a whole. And he was like, mm -hmm. you know what? I never thought about it like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And he wasn't that's mad amazing. and it didn't create conflict. He that's was just amazing. like, thank you for expressing that. Absolutely. It's so. amazing. Sometimes you say things and, and it gets through. And it gets yeah. through and they're like, oh yeah, fuck it. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah. So I was just thinking we have a lot of that kind of girl buttons. Yes. Oh, we do. So they're at my house. So if anyone wants to, I don't know, like get have some, a get some, like I'll mess some back to Ireland. Yeah. We'll mm -hmm. take some around, but we can send them to you if you want to like send us what you've enjoyed. Maybe if you didn't agree with anything just send yeah, us like yeah. some final messages please yeah. do i honestly one of my favorite parts of this has been how many people have hit me up over yeah. i had a lady from um cardiff in wales huh. message mm. me who somehow heard about the podcast who's a big fan message me on instagram to like ask me about like my time in new york and how i came over here and tell me how much That's she enjoyed so the cool. podcast so i was cool. like great <laughs> thank you that's awesome all right well i guess this is this is, this is goodbye, this is goodbye for now this for is now. Goodbye for now. Yeah. From Caitlin's front room. This yes. is goodbye. Yes. We'll be around. We'll be around. We'll be around. And we'll yeah. hopefully see you guys in July. July. Yeah. 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 Potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this adventure journey. and journey. We love each other and we love you. Yeah. True. Ah. <laughs> We're hugging for listeners. Yeah. We're hugging you digitally. All right. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.